All righty, and welcome back to another episode of the Discover Virginia Beach podcast. Today, we have a super special guest and one of my awesome Facebook friends, Steven. How's it going, Steven? Good. How are you? Doing well, man. Well, I really appreciate you jumping on because, um, you know, you just have a really cool perspective on Virginia Beach that I have not really ever been exposed to, or more so from an appreciation side. So real quick, I'd love to introduce you to our audience. Uh, so Stephen Brett Stone is uh, one of the um, admin originators of the Virginia Beach Inshore Fishing. And it would be an understatement to say that fishing is not a huge part of the Virginia Beach community. <laughs> Stephen, um, introduce yourself. Let us know uh, who, who you are, what, what you got going on, and uh, tell us a little bit about your Facebook group. Sure. So uh, I, I go by Brett. You can call me Brett. That's my middle name. That's kind of just my common uh, Stephen's my formal, my formal uh, name, I guess. But I've lived in the Hampton Roads area for about ten years. And when I moved here, I went to school out here. But what really kept me here was fishing. I grew up in Southwest Virginia bass fishing. And when I got here, and I just went saltwater fishing with my dad, actually. And I was like, Hey, man, I live at the beach. Like I can do this anytime I want. And it just really took over. And it's it's really a big reason of why we've stayed in the area. So it's it's something I'm super passionate about. I, I kind of it, it bowls into my my professional work life as well as it's it's a stress for, reliever for me for sure. Absolutely. And transitioning to the Brett slogan here, Brett, what is it that you do for work? And does that involve fishing at all, or is it like two separate lives that you live? So yeah, to some extent. So I work for the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources, which is similar to DNR. A lot of states have it's it's you know our, our natural Virginia's natural resources. So I don't get to fish at work per se, but I'm around wildlife and and our in Virginia's fisheries. So it's something that I'm always outdoors and I'm I'm very passionate about. Wonderful. Well, Brett, thank you for your time uh, today. We're going to be diving into some really cool pieces of content. So, uh, you know, if you if you're hearing this live or you know somebody that likes to fish or enjoys the fishing conversation, uh, Brett has a whole Facebook group, basically a, a giant digital trophy room of all of the amazing fish that they catch here in the Virginia Beach area. It's just called Virginia Beach Inshore Fishing. So be sure to check that out in the show notes or go ahead and just type it into Facebook and join that group. It's super awesome and just really cool stories. So Brett, let's dive into it. Um, it's definitely an understatement to say that fishing is not a big part of Virginia Beach. And it's it's a big part of the community, which is why I definitely wanted to have a conversation with you. Because as we've been go growing uh, my Facebook group and figuring out what people want to learn about, there are just so many cool pieces of Virginia Beach history, agriculture, and fishing is definitely one of them. So Stephen, I'd love to kind of turn the conversation back over to you, sir. Uh, would you mind chatting with us a little bit about what inspired you or what kind of led you into the direction of creating your fishing Facebook group? And then also, where do you get the inspiration for, for that content? Yeah, so it, it kind of started with, I when I moved out here, I wasn't fishing. Fishing had kind of been put on hold. It's just something that I wasn't really doing at the time. And like I said, I had a trip um, where I went to visit my father who recently moved to North Carolina, the coast of North Carolina, and I went fishing with him. And it was really my first time saltwater fishing. And like I briefly mentioned earlier, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, one, this is really fun. But two, I live at the beach as well, and I can do this pretty much whenever I want. So 
I, I came back. I just, I bought some, like a cheap combo from Walmart and I just started to try to get into it. And again, all my previous history was bass fishing, right? So this is a totally new fishery. There are things that come into play that I had no idea about. And it was a little bit of a struggle and a grind, to be honest. And and I also noticed, you know, there's not a lot of people in the community or there can be some people in the community that want to keep things super hush hush, which to an extent I I understand, right? That people don't want to give out their secret spots. And I get that and respect that. But, you know, people have to learn somehow, right? And that was really the purpose of why I started Virginia Beach Inshore Fishing or VBIF was just a place where other locals, regardless of experience level, whether you're beginning or whether you've been fishing this area your entire life, kind of come together, one, meet up and hang out and go fish together, which is always awesome, a, a platform to meet meet new buddies, but also to, to kind of learn. Guys can post tips and tricks that work for them, or like you said, it, at some times it can just be, uh, if anything else, an activity report, and you know kind of what the water temps are and what's biting during the time of year, so... Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of hidden gems and really well-kept secrets that I definitely want to preserve the mystery of Virginia Beach. For those of you who have yet to visit, come and visit. Come and hang out with myself, people like Brett or Brett himself, you know, hit him up on Facebook and definitely, you know, dive into it a little bit more in person. Uh, Although I will say we'll share one hidden gem for you folks who haven't been here, maybe towards the end of the conversation um that if if brett's comfortable we could we could probably mention one um so brett i i kind of want to uh kind of backtrack just a little bit here because you have just this really cool story of somebody who you know tried something incredibly new and different and a lot of the people we've talked to on the podcast there's been this trend of people who have either had major life events whether um that was like uh Darcy in our last episode she actually had got let go from the school so she kind of had to pivot her career as a teacher to an art influencer in a way and then uh another episode was with Debbie who had a major life event with the way she viewed music so there's been this common theme of all these people we're talking to and a lot of people that are in these communities that are maybe trying fishing for the first time, or maybe they're just trying to figure out what Virginia beach has to offer. So um, Brett, if you wouldn't mind diving a little bit deeper into your story, I'd love to hear about like what led you down this path of, you know, not just bass, bass fishing to, you know, in-source saltwater fishing, but like, what led you to Virginia Beach? Like, was there something about it? Um, was was there people you met along the way? Would you share a little bit more about that for us? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in a town called Bassett, and it's really uh, south central Virginia. It's about an hour south of Roanoke, if, if you're familiar with that. So not a lot to do there. It, it was known, Franklin County was known for moonshining back in the day. There's several movies about that. And um furniture. I mean, that's really it. There's not a lot of jobs there. It's not a big city or it's a very, it's a pretty small town. So really the outdoors is about the only thing that it's got going for it, which is is a great thing because it's beautiful there. You have the mountains, it's in the foothills of the Blue Ridge. And so it hunting and fishing is is what most folks are out there doing for hobbies and boating, obviously. So for us, me growing up, the beach was a maybe one time a year vacation, and it was a big deal. We would go to the beach for a week, and that was our vacation. Now, we didn't generally come to Virginia Beach. We generally went to Myrtle. But still, you, you go to the beach, and for us, that was super cool. Big city, lots of shops, stuff like that. So 
what kind that's kind of what gravitated me here was I I got accepted to ODU, which is a, a college out here. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'll go live near the beach and go to school for four years and come back. And then, like I said, once I got here, you know, I established a friend base. I met my now wife and um, we just we've stayed in the area. I mean, I love the area. It's it's a great place to live. There's lots to do and there's good folks here. Absolutely. Well, Brett, I really appreciate you expanded upon that because it is a really cool place and a really interesting place to just explore new things. Um, I myself, I'm not a local of Virginia Beach, although many people think I do from the posts I I, I, I uh, have on my Facebook group, but I'm literally just trying to go out and explore and discover as much as I can. So yeah, I mean, not being a local is not a prerequisite to enjoying Virginia Beach. For sure. It's help for all the, all the hidden gems and such. But uh, yeah, so with that said, Brett, I'm going to love to transition the conversation over for all of our fishermen and women out there. Please give give the people what they want when it comes to fishing. Um, would you mind sharing with us a story or past experience of maybe the first time you went fishing, whether that be bass or inshore fishing? Sure. So I would say what got me into it to begin with, I was young. I don't even remember how old, but my dad used to take me camping. We would just go camping and I would always meet up with some of the other, you know, kids my age at the time. And we would go catfish from docks at night or bluegill fish for that matter with just, you know, a little bobber and a small hook and some night crawlers and just watch the bobber go under and you catch the small bluegill. And that was a blast. Same with staying up all night with a lantern, bugs are everywhere. And we're just sitting out there waiting for a big catfish to swim by and grab our bait. So that's kind of what really I enjoyed doing. And that's really what got me into it. It was just something to where, like, for me, like nothing else really meant. Like, all your stress goes away. You're just hanging out. You're in the moment. It's super beautiful wherever you're at. You can just enjoy being outside and hanging with friends. So I think that's really what what got me hooked on fishing was, was yes, it was the fishing, but it was also the experience as well. Absolutely. Well said, Brett. And I really appreciate you sharing that because there's just something to be said about the outdoors that just gives another dimension and element to life that, um, you know, I, I call myself a city slicker and, an, and a nerd and a tech person in some regards that I just don't get, you know, within the four walls of, you know, my super high speed internet. So it's it's really refreshing to, to be a part of that and definitely go out and explore. So um, Brett, how um, can you describe like uh, a few maybe typical fishing techniques or equipment that you would use for inshore fishing operations? Like what's what's your uh, your tool deck look like? All right. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you two. How's that? That sounds um, great. And, and most most folks probably know these. They're, they're very general, but they work. So the first I would say is is just a simple bottom rig, right? Like leader line straight down to a weight. Um, and then you would just use the weight that you need. Obviously in salt water, you tend to need a little more um, just because of the tides, the current, wind, et cetera. Um, just enough to hold you on the bottom and then just like a high-low rig. So weight on the bottom, hook up top. Some guys will put two hooks, you know, about six inches apart with the weight on the bottom. And then just tip that with some sort of bait, whether it's shrimp. And, and when I say shrimp, you don't have to go get live shrimp. You can literally go to the grocery store and buy you know, frozen shrimp like we would we would eat, we would cook up and just take that with you and just tip your hook with that shrimp and you'll catch fish all day doing that. 
you know, and it's, it's, it's simple, which is a good thing. I mean, if you just want to go out with your kids or your family, or you're just getting into it, that's a great way to see what's in your local waters, wherever you're at, because everything eats shrimp, we eat shrimp, fish eat shrimp. (laughs) So everything loves shrimp. And if you're trying to expand past that and get into the artificial lures, which is primarily what I fish, I would say the the best way to go about it would just to be to get what's called a jig head. Um, several companies make them. It's just a little lead head um, and they, they come in different weight sizes. Generally with our waters, I would say get anywhere from a quarter ounce to a three eighth ounce if you're fishing inshore. Again, whatever whatever's going to get you to the bottom, but generally those two weights will get you there. And then just tip that with a soft plastic that you like. Um, fishing can be very, fishing can be overcomplicated. It, people can make it more complicated than it needs to be. Um, you walk into a tackle shop, you're going to see a thousand different lures, a thousand different colors and a thousand different prices. And you're going to look around and go, oh my gosh. And for a lot of people that's discouraging, which again is another reason why uh, Virginia Beach Inshore Fishing is a great way to just get on there and see what other other guys and girls are using. But in literally anything, you can buy plastic shrimps, you can buy little paddle tails. I mean, you name it, they make it. And just tip that onto your lead head, cast it out, and just kind of bounce it along the bottom. And that will catch any of our inshore species. So those are two good ways of of going about it. Whether you're wanting to do just the kind of the hangout method, which would be the shrimp method, and you're just kind of cast it out, let it set. Or if you want to constantly, if you're like me, I can't let things set. I've got to be <laughs> got to be moving, you know. So that's why I prefer the artificials. Absolutely. Brett, that is a that is a great tip. I actually had to write that down. So if you are getting started or if you missed that part, hit hit the rewind button or you know, go check out the shrimp or the uh the jig head lures correct correct uh, yep. quarter ounce or, or or what was the other measurement three, three eighth i mean you eight. can kind of experiment but generally those are my two go-tos i always have quarters with me and i always have three eighths perfect perfect awesome great tip brett and uh do you have any certain like strategies or pieces of information because i know the facebook group is a great resource as well but when it comes to planning that fishing trip and maybe the clouds look a little gray or dark or gloomy what when when is the best time to fish i mean obviously safety is important but you know when, when can people get out there and expect to be safe but also you know possibly get get a good catch yeah so the best days are and are generally when most folks are not going to go right it's low pressure days overcast rainy it also depends on the species that you're you're targeting but generally for inshore fishing those low pressure days and there's a thousand variables you can get as complicated as the lunar activity and and stuff like that i personally you know I don't claim to be the greatest fisherman in the world. I have great days and I have bad days like everybody else. I I have more bad days than good days, it seems. But again, I like to go when it's nice out, right? Like I don't like being out there when it's when it's rainy and nasty. So you can still have really good days on those clear bluebird skies. Um, I would say the main things to pay attention to would be the tide where you're at, um, whether it's coming in or going out. I generally like the last I like to fish both. Um, so the last couple hours of the incoming tide and the last couple hours of the falling tide. But you don't really have to pay too much attention to that. I mean, it certainly helps. But if you're just starting out, I would say go out when the tide's moving either way 
and um, just pay attention to your wind. Your wind is really what's going to drive kind of where you're going around here. Absolutely, especially with all the all the byways that can happen. Especially if you're in the uh, you know no spoiler alert here, Linkhorn Bay area. You yeah. know, in the Lesnar Bridge, it can yeah. be very very uh, cumbersome to really look and see how that tide's going because it's it's it can be easy place to get stuck. Not that I have ever gotten stuck out there, but I've heard people you know. Get yeah, Lenhaven in general, there's it's there's tons of shoals out there, and it's easy to run aground for sure. And I mean. That tide too, that current rips through there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Brett, I want to touch a little bit on on your day job here. And I am apologize I'm doing this on your day off. So we'll just leave this to one question. Um, but it's it's a very important question, especially when it comes to you know making sure we're being good stewards of our environment. And I want to know how your how your role at the environmental center has really shaped the way you employ certain strategies to sustainable fishing practices and how you go about making sure you're not overfishing or you're being respectful for the envi- to the environment and are there any strategies or tips that you have for folks who may you know want to be good stewards of the waters and you know want to be respectful but don't really know how to go about doing that are there any strategies or, or or things that they can take from you to kind of do better on that yep. area absolutely and it's a great question so and, and I'm not trying to go on a tangent here. I can talk about this stuff all day. So just cut me off if I get too long-winded. But two great resources. One is uh, DWR, which is the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources, their website. Okay. They have all the, the regulations posted on their website. You name it, you, you can find it there. The other is going to be VMRC, which is the Virginia Marine Resource Commission. They regulate all the saltwater DWR tends to or regulates all the freshwater. So in, anything you want to know, you can find on one of those two websites. The other thing I recommend when it comes to keeping fish to eat, I do it. I, that's one of the things I enjoy is, is knowing where my food's coming from. But at the same time, you know, I, I like you said, you want to remain ethical. You want to ensure that you're not keeping too many and you're not harming the population. I mean, you got to think you're not the only one out there that's keeping fish. Right. So knowing the laws of how many fish and I'm no biologist, but the, but these regulations are, are there for a reason. Right. And I want my kids to be able to enjoy our fisheries. I want their kids to be able to enjoy our fisheries. So it's something that I think is really important. There's an app that you can download for Android or iPhone, and it's called Fish Rules. It's a great app. It uses your GPS location to to determine what state you're in. And you can literally type in the species of fish, and it will tell you whether the season's open, whether the season's closed, how many you can keep, what the minimum size limits are. I mean, it tells you everything just based off of your GPS location. And I fish a lot in Carolina too, and I don't know their their regs nearly as well as I know Virginia's. So when I'm there, that's it's a great app to just type in and go, okay, I can keep you know three of these or whatever, and this is how long they have to be. Now I, I don't tend to keep my limit every day. I, I keep what I can eat in a reasonable amount of time, right? So I'm not if I can keep five fish and I catch five fish. I might keep two or three, right? To feed me, my wife, my kid. That's, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't like stuff setting in the freezer and going to waste. And then I feel like I'm doing a disservice. Not everyone's like that. That's fine. That's just a personal thing, but. 
Sure. Well, Brett, I really appreciate you sharing that because um, there's a lot to be said about this area. Uh, and I bring up the uh, the Lincoln, Lynn Haven Bay area again, because there is a great resource if you are planning your trip to the Virginia Beach area and you're part of the Discover Virginia Beach Facebook group. You've probably already heard me say this, but we actually have a guide called the Vibe Guide, which highlights all of the best places to visit and all of the places to uh, appreciate and tour along the way. And one of those is the Back Bay Wildlife Refugee, which is actually one of the beaches. You can't swim at it, obviously, but it is a tremendous resource to the community where they use the um, the old, uh, one of the examples, they use the old oyster shells. I'm pretty sure you've seen this, Brett, and they, um, you know, stuff it, stuff it ashore and they repopulate it and it actually helps revitalize and keep the ecosystem sustainable so that way, uh, fishermen, uh, aspiring fishermen like myself and active fishermen like Brett, you know, can continue to appreciate and enjoy uh, all that this wonderful area has to offer for generations to come. So if you're if you're look if you're like, OK, well, this is nice. I, I might download the app and, and you're looking for more ways to kind of like dig a little bit deeper. That is uh, a great resource to check out as well. So yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. With that said, um, we are going to go ahead and head on to the last segment of our conversation today. Uh, Brett, it's been a an incredible conversation. You've dropped a lot of great uh, tips and resources, uh, as well as how to take care of the environment. So I kind of want to uh, land this plane here with you and um, maybe talk about um, next question I have for you is, are there any certain um, safety protocols or precautions that you follow when you're fishing with, uh, let's say, young children or maybe inexperienced fishermen, and they, you know, they're maybe grown adults but act like children, is there any precautions or or regulations you say are, are best practices when you're out on the water? Yeah, so just following the general state and federal laws is obviously something that's very important. Um, the the life jacket law, especially for kids. If there are children on my boat, they're 100% wearing a life jacket. And, you know, having all the proper safety equipment on board your vessel, even things that you don't necessarily need by law, I tend to have because you, you can't put a price on your life or on a loved one's life, in my opinion. So if, if there's something that I can get that, you know, the, the old saying, you'd rather have it and not need it. I, I tend to have that on my boat because, like you said, this area, I mean, the, the currents, the wind, I mean, the water is... Uh, the water's a big, a big beast sometimes, and uh, I'm a good swimmer, but I don't like being in there for for too long if if I didn't choose to be there. So just following general safety practices and and letting everyone else kind of know your safety plan or your float plan, some people call it, um, knowing where everything is on the boat in case they do need to get to it, and then obviously hooks. Right when you're fishing and there's kids running around your boat. I mean, stuff gets dropped, hooks and and pliers and knives and you name it. So I, I I try to be a little OCD on my boat, which I'm a little OCD anyway, so it helps. Um, just keeping that stuff kind of out of reach and in a safe location. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Brett, I appreciate you sharing that. We've talked uh, about the inspiration for your Facebook group. We've talked about uh, safety and revitalization of the community, which all sound like very sometimes uh, very important, but somewhat uh, homework assignments. So let's dive a little bit more into the meat of the fishing. Brett, would you mind telling us maybe a few, uh, or you could be generic or specific as you like, of your favorite fishing spots and also some of your favorite fish to eat here in the uh, Virginia Beach area? Sure. Um, 
So I'm going to, I'll start with saying probably one of my favorite spots is the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. That's no secret. Everyone knows. I'm not giving anyone's GPS coordinates away here. Literally anywhere along the the Bay Bridge Tunnel, you can, you can get into some really good fishing. Um, Spade fish, cobia, big, big bull red drum, as they call them. Um, Cobia. I mean, you, you name it, there's fish all up and down those, that, that bridge and those pilings. So that's a good spot. Um, another no secret is Rudy Inlet. I don't think anybody will uh, shame me for giving that one away. You, I mean, that's that place is a Walmart. Fair. Yeah, that's a Walmart parking lot at that boat ramp. But but it's for a reason. I mean, there there are fish there, and and it's a it's a calmer, more secluded area. I joke with my buddies, and I'm like, it's basically like fishing a giant saltwater pond. You know, absolutely. So, those are those are some good spots to go um, if you have access. And I'm I'm gonna try to give you some for for the land based fishermen. I know not everyone has a kayak or a boat. Um, you mentioned Back Bay. There's actually a boat ramp. Well, there's a couple down there on the boat ramp. Okay. But EWR owns a ramp, um, the Trojan boat ramp, and you can fish from shore there. That's it's fresh water, but still, I mean, if you're just looking to shore fish with your kids, that'd be a good spot. Absolutely. Um, what and about then favorite? Go Sorry, ahead. I was going to say, what about the picture behind you? Is there any, any yeah. anywhere to be uh, fish caught to be there? <laughs> yeah, that's the Virginia Beach Pier. And then you have the Ocean View Pier, too. And yeah, absolutely. They catch Spanish mackerel. And I mean, guys catch all kinds of fish from the pier. I've never been a big pier fisherman. So I don't like that. That's a different crowd, kind of. Um, they kind of have different tactics and techniques. But going back to that bottom rig with shrimp we were talked about earlier, perfect for pier fishing. I mean, anything that's out there, you'll catch on that shrimp. So, yeah, for sure. The piers around here, there, there used to be a few more. I, I think there's one in Hampton, too. The Buckrow Pier, I think, is still open. I'm not sure. But there, there are several piers around that are that are great to fish from. Absolutely. And Google's a great friend there as well. Yeah. Just like you mentioned with the fish rolls, you know, if you're just looking for fishing piers in the area, are there, and, and this is for my, my question as well for you, Brett, is, is there any particular way you like to cook your fish or, or does your um does anybody else cook in your family or do you have a certain way you like to cook your fish yeah i you know i i go fried man i'm i'm not the healthiest the healthiest uh eater when it comes to fish i i prefer fried fish i mean i just love a fish fry but lately i've been trying to get a little better about it so i'll bake it or i'll look up some you know different catch and cook on YouTube's a great, you know, technology's come so far. You can watch and find some very cool recipes. And and I've enjoyed doing that, but it's easy to just throw some peanut oil in a fryer and drop them in there, you know. I was about to say you don't really need, you know, you can always add the old old bay at the end, but you know, that's it. You yeah, know, you don't need to don't need to be a great cook. No. <laughs> well, when you work so hard, you know, it's 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 easy just to, you know, throw it in the frying pan and and call it a day, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Brett, thank you so much for our conversation today. Um, it's it's been a joy to speak with you and also talk about you know working through our environment and also enjoying and appreciating all that the Virginia Beach area has to offer. I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you, Brett. Is there uh, any special um, any special upcoming events or promotions? Or I, I see you wearing uh, representing um, your Facebook group shirt. Uh, anywhere where people can go to learn more about you and support your channel. Sure. So you can find us just Virginia Beach Inshore Fishing on Facebook. Same on Instagram. 
you'll see the VBIF, Virginia Beach Inshore Fishing VBIF. You can just go there on Facebook, same on Instagram and just follow us. It's, you know, it's a side thing for me. So I, I have some help, but not a lot. Um, the the shirts and stuff, we did a run of those. We're going to hopefully do another one soon, depending on interest and stuff like that. And and we host some fishing tournaments from time to time. So we're hoping to do some more stuff like that. Um, maybe a beach cleanup. Those are some things that are being talked about and worked out now, but time will tell. And, uh, but yeah, get, for sure. Get on that, get on that Facebook page and that Instagram and just follow it. You'll learn a ton on there. There's a lot of great people on there. Absolutely. There sure are. And if you're an aspirational fisherman like myself and you just want to go and see how uh, how beautiful the ocean is and how beautiful the fish are, there are, gosh, I mean, almost every day there's five or six fish being posted that just incredible size and up to regulation standards and whatnot. But it's just, it's really cool to see. So Brett, thank you for having such an incredible platform. With that said, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Discover Virginia Beach podcast. We'll hope to catch you all in the next episode. And until then, go out and discover Virginia Beach and we'll talk to you later. Thanks again, Brett. Thanks, Joseph.